Hey everybody, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. We are at week 14 in the NFL. The college football playoff bracket has been revealed. Matty D and I break it all down. We go through every game in the NFL. We look at if the committee got it right. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. As always, though, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. But enjoy this week's episode. Enjoy the Army-Navy game. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderboxsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me, as always, for these football shows, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matty D. How are you, my friend? I'm correct as usual, my friend. <laughs> that's what's important, all right? Yeah, that's right. Last week, we discussed some very important um, college football games. And not going to lie, I came out looking pretty darn rosy in my mind. But we got plenty to talk about, so I don't want to – I don't want to – I'll give you the floor to begin, wherever you want to start. Uh, happy to talk through a fantastic championship um, – conference championship weekend in college football. Yeah, maybe one of the best I can remember in a while. It was a perfect Saturday. I – my wife and I, Emily, we went to Costco, get some stuff ready for the wedding. We were talking about this last week, this weekend, and we got back. I missed the first half of the Big 12 championship game, and you and I we were sitting here last week wondering why the over-under was so low. Neither team wanted to win the game, but I'm no. burying the lead. Oklahoma State, in the fourth quarter, twice stuffed on the one-yard line. One resulted in a field goal. The last play of the game was on the goal line and literally inches short of getting into the end zone was Oklahoma State and their quarterback. And Oklahoma State goes out, so now we know Notre Dame has a shot. Everything we talked about with the Brian Kelly stuff is out there. Big, or not the big, big SEC, I was about to say that. SEC championship game was an absolute gem of a game. Georgia goes up late. Bryce Young responds to his terrible play in the Iron Bowl. And Alabama ends up winning the game. And then, Maddie, our boys, dominate, dominate Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. And I felt like I was at the game or something. I stayed up, watched all the post-game stuff. Harbaugh and Charles Woodson leading hail to the victors with the crowd. The giant, or the mini table, the giant crew. It was incredible. Friday night had the Pac-12 championship game where... Utah beats Oregon once again, and pretty handily. It seemed like it might be close. They watched a ton of it. We were at a holiday party, but Utah got business done. And now we have the college football playoff. It's Bama at one. Cincy at four. They won their game. It seemed pretty handily. I didn't really tune into it in the AAC championship. Michigan stays at number two, and they will play Georgia. Cotton Bowl is the one versus four, followed by Michigan-Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Matt, the first question I'm going to ask you is, did the committee get this right? They did. 
this was one of the easier ones in my mind, you know, because to your point of some of the, the losses that we saw over the weekend, opportunities now arose for the committee to make a pretty easy decision. It was, it was not hard to leave Notre Dame out. They didn't have that 13th data point. Um, they lost to the team ahead of them. Um, you, you could have maybe said, you know what, maybe Georgia should have dropped out. But it's hard to ignore everything they did before the SEC title game. Correct. Um, and 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 if it if the reason they're not in is because they lost to the Heisman favorite, and we'll you know, we'll learn soon the maybe probably the Heisman Trophy winner. Then you're like, all right, well look, they lost to the best player in college football and the best team in college football one time. So I think they got it right. I think it was pretty easy. I think it would have been very challenging to put Notre Dame ahead of Georgia just due to schedule, strength of schedule, and the dominance that Georgia showed before that, the SEC championship game. So I absolutely think they, they nailed it on the head. And I do even like the seeding. Um, I, think it's, I think it's right. You, maybe, maybe, oh, should you have flipped Michigan and Alabama? Absolutely not. Alabama beat the number one team in the nation handily. Um, should Georgia have dropped to two? No, Michigan won their conference. Um, won their Power Five conference. Should you have moved Cincinnati above Georgia? Probably a little bit more of an argument here, but again, you know, Cincinnati is not a Power Five conference. They don't have this, even they have some very good wins. They don't have some of the higher quality SEC wins that Georgia did. So again, I think they got it right top to bottom. I totally agree. I think also the committee's shown they don't want to have the rematch come right away. They want to try to build, you know, if you're going to have the rematch, have it in. The championship game. Now, granted, the last time that Georgia and Alabama met in the championship, they did not play in the regular season. The or no, they did. Georgia beat Alabama. Was that what happened? Or was that their well, no? So their only loss was the Iron Bowl. Never mind. No, their only loss right, the yeah. year that Alabama won the two Devontae Smith play. Their only loss was the Iron Bowl, and I think Auburn's only loss or two losses were to Georgia. I think that's what happened in 2018. Yeah. Um, but regardless, the I think they got it right. I, I, I yeah. And there, there is one other di- interesting dynamic that I, I want to double. I want to bring up here too is, oh, so we we never found out the what if right Oklahoma yeah, State Oklahoma we, scores State. that touchdown what if so, it brings me to the question of, what if Oklahoma State had won? Well, my initial thought is, this is the tough part. I would hope to be honest that the committee did not choose seating based off of who they wanted to see play. Yeah. I say that because I would argue if Oklahoma state is one at one, I would drop Georgia out of the playoff. Therefore Georgia should have been ranked fourth. If that's what the committee thought was going to be the case. Obviously they didn't, we never got to that. What if, but I do think it's interesting because to me, Cincinnati deserved it over Georgia um, undefeated won their conference, Georgia, not undefeated and didn't win their conference, even if they played in the game. So I, I, I say that because maybe Oklahoma State jumps Georgia if they win. It seems like they probably would have still jumped Cincinnati, and I think that probably would have been wrong. But the committee is telling you that Cincinnati would have dropped off if Oklahoma State had won, potentially. Yeah, and I think, too, to your point, Cincinnati deserved it. They beat Notre Dame, a team that was in the top ten. They're now fifth going into the New York Six. And versus, like, UCF in 2017, I just pulled up their schedule. They had two ranked wins, one of which was in the AAC championship game against Memphis. They were supposed to play a Power 5 team that got canceled because of a hurricane. That was Georgia Tech. They were supposed to play Maine at one point, so that actually helped strengthen their schedule. Also got canceled, and they ended up playing Memphis. They beat Memphis twice. But 
Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. They had a strong schedule. They did what they needed to do. This is what we've heard for eight years now, for how long the college football playoff has been intact. Of They want, if you want an outsider to break into this thing, get a hard schedule and, and have the undefeated record. And I think they did the right thing there. To your point, if in the what-if scenario where Oklahoma State wins, I think Georgia probably still gets in. If only for the fact that Oklahoma State had a loss and the Big 12 was not as strong this year. I know that you, know, you can make different arguments, but I think if you look at who made the New Year's Six in the last poll, I don't think they were very high on the on the uh, the Big 12 this year. Like They lost to Iowa State, a team that came into the season with all the you know, all the, the rigmarole and, and hopes of the world, but they didn't end up being that good. They were unranked when they beat Oklahoma State. And yeah, they had some wins against Kansas State, Baylor, Texas when they were ranked. But, you know, you can make all those arguments you want, but there were a lot of close games. They had a lot of kind of wonky wins. We talked about it last week. Their offense was a lot better coming down the stretch, and it really put up a dud against Baylor in the, the championship game. But I don't know. I... I don't know if they drop Georgia out just because of what Georgia proved in its regular season with how dominant that defense was. You called, by the way, I think we're burying that too, the problem that Georgia had with their offense. Now, they stuck with Stetson. He was in for most of the game, and I think that was right. I think they were trying to use him through the air, and Alabama's defense really was up to the task to slow it down, and a defense that's been exposed at times. And their offensive line, Alabama's, all credit to them for slowing down that front four of Georgia's, which really should have been the difference maker, and Bama neutralized them. So I think not having them play in the first round in the semifinals is good, although it probably would be the highest-rated semifinal games, especially the ones on New Year's Eve. But, you know, they want to get those games in, and they want them to be successful, and I, I don't think that they want rematches. So... I think it's fitting, too, that Cincinnati, a team with a very good offense and NFL talent on it, I think as you would agree, versus an Alabama team whose offense looks like it's right at the ship. That game's going to be a track meet. And then the two defensive giants in what we've seen out of Michigan in the last two weeks and what we saw out of Georgia their whole regular season, I think they, like, matching up the two teams that are like-minded is also kind of a cool storyline. Maybe not necessarily the... I think it's the right thing in terms of rankings, but if that's the only thing... That, that determined it. I think it's kind of cool that it happened as a coincidence. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, you know, a couple, a couple of things, a couple of points that, that I thought you'd make. Yes, I was correct. Right, my biggest concern going into the Georgia Alabama game from Georgia, their offense simply hadn't been tested. They were tested and they did not pass. Obviously, early on they had a little bit of success. You know, some issues that popped up. Stenson, uh, been a, you know, front brother, he was a former walk on. And I'm not trying to take anything away from when I say that, but we're not talking about a blue trip prospect here. Um, he did some good things, but they don't have the playmakers on the outside that you maybe thought they did just because they were number one. They also don't necessarily have an incredible running game. You know, and Alabama did just enough and really started to shut down. You know, we forgot how good Alabama's defense is because everyone was talking about Georgia's defense. Um, that's got to be a concern for Georgia going into, again, to your point, a like-minded Michigan team who's stellar on defense. We saw Michigan smother the Iowa Hawkeyes defensively. 
in the Big Ten title game. Couldn't get anything going. Made a quarterback change. Still didn't work. We knew Iowa would struggle like that anyway, though. You know, so that was you know one point that I, I thought you're right on. I was surprised they didn't think about giving JT Daniels, who is a much better, you know, physical specimen, an opportunity. But you got to stick with your guy, especially this late in the year. It's kind of tough to make a change, especially when you're the number one team, and he's 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 got you there to an extent. Um, I, I do think I was a little more shocked. I was ex- I was excited to watch Jordan Davis, the excellent nose tackle for Georgia. And honestly, it looked like he wasn't even playing or wasn't even trying at times. It was very disappointing, I think, that Georgia defense got strafed. We did talk about it, right? Georgia, Alabama has a much better passing offense. Georgia's biggest strength is shutting down the run, which is a problem Michigan's going to have here. I was, you know, but they they just went to town. And I will tell you, too, um, Alabama does lose uh, Mechie, which is a huge loss for their passing game. But Jamison Williams is in – yeah, but Jamison Williams is now in conversation as the best wide receiver in college football. After the performances he's been putting on kind of under the radar, but that game he showed up, and him and Bryce Young look fantastic together. Yep. He's the kind of guy that can take the top off of the defense, um, and, and he looks all-world. Um, he's an Ohio State transfer. We've, we've spoken about this, but he's now battling for the top prospect in college football to go to the pros, and, and he looks every bit the part of that of that burner. Um, but look, we're, I know we're going to talk more as we get closer to these games, but I want to highlight one of the coolest matchups that no one knows about Cincinnati's cornerback, Ahmad Gardner. Okay. Has not given up a touchdown all year. All I believe if I, I, you can quote me on this. I don't believe in his three plus years as a starter. He's ever given up a touchdown in college football. Wow. He is, and he is, he's played against some decent competition because they have played some non-conference you know, opponents. He will most likely match up one-on-one with Jamison Williams, and it may be the difference to keeping Cincinnati in the game or not. So pretty cool matchup to, to kind of hone in on, both from a pro prospect, which you know I love, but also from a college football perspective. It is a true X-factor matchup that could decide whether or not Cincinnati has a chance against the number one out team in the country, the Crimson Tide. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. We're going to talk about this closer to it. I know with the holidays, same thing with happened with Thanksgiving. It does get a little wonky of trying to get the previews in, but I'm sure we're going to want to talk about this before New Year's Eve. So hopefully we get something like that going. We don't have any bowl games this weekend. We do get Army-Navy. We do get the Heisman. Before we jump into Heisman talk, and if we want to talk about Army-Navy, I did want to point out the ACC championship. I watched zero seconds of it, aside from the highlight that I feel like Twitter almost blew up about, and that was the Kenny Pickett fake slide. Pretty awesome to see. He's getting invited to New York this weekend for the Heisman. I know there was a lot of flack about should you be allowed to do a fake slide. Matt, do you have a thought on that? Yeah, no, it should be banned 100%, and and, and here's why. Again, I, you know, I, I don't blame Pickett for this, right? This is a rule situation they need to change, and because if I'm Pickett, do everything you can to win, right, within the rules. Um, so the reason I think this needs to dissipate is because – you're asking defenders to let up when a quarterback is running. It's my biggest problem with running quarterbacks in general is that to me, as soon as they, as soon as a quarterback leaves the line of scrimmage, he needs to be considered a running back and therefore not afforded the same protections. I mean, I've seen it on the sideline, right? Quarterbacks running towards the sideline, like he's going to go out of bounds. So he doesn't get hit. And then he deeks back and gains five yards. Again, to me, the quarterback's taking advantage of the rules to protect them. Yep. So um, this is going to force defenders to now increase their speed and they can't afford to give up 
because and again, it's 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 a great move with the foot. He doesn't obviously go down that much. The foot slide is what caught the defender off guard. But if I'm that defender, the next time that a quarterback's coming at me, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go full speed because what if he fakes me out, right? So I think you're I think the pickets the picket fake slide is putting more quarterbacks at risk, and it's not fair to the defenders who are already no. up against enough right now with the movement the movement of, of football over the past decade to more offense. Yep. So personally, I think it has to be banned. The play should be dead. It should be a reviewable play, and the play should be dead as to where he starts his fake slide. But yeah. it's it's but it's a great play to watch. It's I mean, a great it's play fun. to watch. Right, exactly yeah. right. He he was following the rules within there and all that. But I think also to your point of and what you were getting after of football moving towards offense and that's late hits and moreover, in, especially in college, targeting, which could then if it does shift into a way that defenders are a little more, you know, a little more hands on to be light about it it could result in accidental targeting plays where a guy does maybe a you know little hezy hey to try to do the fake slide or whatever and a guy you know some sort of contact comes in it's obviously been a big part of a number of different games obviously last year in the playoffs there was the big one with with Bama against Ohio State uh um and Ohio you know Bama ended up winning but there was you know it could, it could have changed things in that and same thing with Clemson and Ohio State in the, in the first or in the semifinal. So, I don't know. That's something maybe to think about, too. I'm sure the rules committee will come up with something, probably calling it dead, is probably the right right idea. As soon as you give yourself up kind of thing or go into the motion of giving yourself up, it's kind of like where they're now much more conservative on, uh, what's it called, on uh, fair catches. You saw that in the Michigan-Ohio State game where Jim Harbaugh almost went nuts, where it, you weren't sure whether or not he, the Ohio State kick returner if you guys, if you don't remember this play, it was I think after a either Michigan's first or second touchdown, the ball hopped over the kick returner, and he caught it off the bounce, and they immediately blew it dead. And you know they're just more conservative about that sort of stuff. So if they're going to do that. It's probably going to be that where the plays are just blown dead, and and you know what, be safer, especially at the college level, and going that way. But let's talk about the Heisman, Bryce Young. You mentioned it, odds-on favorite right now. I'm seeing minus four thousand that he's going to win it. Aiden Hutchinson comes in next, the Michigan defensive end, who I mentioned the Harbaugh and Woodson after the game. But the Hutchinson family, throughout the game and including afterwards, just awesome. Aiden Hutchinson, what a leader. And seeing him, you know, almost a hockey player-esque uh, interview of being like, this was all, you know, all our team. We played really well, all that stuff. He comes in at uh, plus 2,000. Then we get Kenny Pickett and um, who's the – and C.J. Stroud coming in at plus 3,000. I think this is a really good finalist class. I think, obviously, they you know the voters got it right. I think it's probably Bryce Young's to win, especially after the SEC championship game, with him rebounding the way he did in the, in the Auburn game, where he led them to tie up the ball game. But especially after the SEC championship game, I think that was his Heisman moment. I'd be surprised to see anybody else get close, but who knows? You know, Maybe people want to see a defensive player get closer than they ever have. But we talked about last week when we thought Ndamukong Sue came in second and he did not. Toby Gerhardt did. So we'll have to see what happens with all that. But Matt, are there any surprises that we think might happen on Saturday night? I, I don't necessarily know a surprise. I think the only off, I think the only person that has a chance to beat young is Hutchinson. Hutchinson, because a great, great, you know, great end to his season, impactful player. And the voters might be saying, you know what? 
we voted in enough quarterbacks, we voted in enough offensive players, we have a chance to vote in a defensive player who is deserving, you know, let's, let's go for it. But we haven't really seen that happen in a long time, not since, you know, um, Charles Woodson, right? Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. Um, I do think a couple things that I don't know if I love, right? I thought Kenneth Walker, Michigan State quarter uh, running back, should have certainly gotten a lot more press. I think he had a really fantastic season. Um, possibly jumping, you know, Stroud didn't really show up in the biggest game. I know he had a lot of yards. Kenny Pickett, I know he's had a lot of stats, but again, not like he's playing. Not, you know, his team, yes, they won the a- ACC, so I get that. Um, but I'm back and, he and broke forth Dan there. Marino's career touchdown record, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, I guess that's tough. Matt Corral, I'm hearing a lot of positives for, but again, he was good, but – it's 35 total touchdowns. I, I just, again, stats guy, right? You need, you know, you, you gotta be, you gotta win. Um, the one guy that I really thought got snubbed re- and honestly, as much as I hate to say it probably should have even replaced Hutchinson. Hutchinson is, is Will Anderson. That's uh, yeah. the Alabama That's linebacker. One. That's a good one. He leads the league. He has 92 tackles, 32 and a half for losses and 15 and a half for sacks, 15 and a half sacks, which is more than, which is more than Hutchinson has. And again, Aiden did it in the biggest moments. And but Anderson was fantastic against Georgia. You know, you could you could argue, well, you know, he plays for Alabama's defense, so everybody around him makes him better. Which I get, except I would also say that it's pretty cool that you can get those stats on a defense that is as talented as Alabama's, right? Sometimes it's like, you know, if you're a if you're playing on the Golden State Warriors, you might be a great scorer, but they've got four or five guys that are – maybe that's not the best example. But you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, like, I got you. If the group of people around you is really talented, sometimes it's hard to get the stats you think you should have because everyone's got their hand in the cookie jar kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I do think Anderson should have been there. Um, I don't know if I put him over uh, 800. I probably would put him over C.J. Stroud. Mostly because, again, I know Stroud had a great year, but at the end of the day, didn't come through in the, in the biggest moment. Um, twice, right? Oregon and Michigan. Um, and then, and then on, along with that, too, um, you know, but I'm between a Walker and Anderson for that last spot. I probably would have not had Stroud. What is the, uh, the minimum to get the invite to New York? Because sometimes they've had five, sometimes just three. What is that? I don't, I don't know. I actually would have to look that up. Um, sometimes I think they should just make it, Hey, if you're in the top five, cause that would give an opportunity for some really good players, defensive players. I mean, look, hey, one of these years they should invite an offensive lineman, right? If somebody is that dominant, right? Like Penny Sewell last year was so good for Oregon. Maybe he should have gone, you know, we always pick the guys with the best stats, not necessarily the best players. Sure. Or the, I mean, again, sometimes we also don't pick the most valuable players, sure. you know? So, um, as valuable as Chase, as, as Bryce Young has been, Brian Robinson, until he got hurt, was a great running back. And by the way, the Crimson Tide, it, doesn't, it almost doesn't seem to matter what quarterback you put there, they're going to be fantastic. Hopefully, I mean, he's super talented. I'm not like, I feel like I'm taken away from what Bryce did in, in, in the biggest game of the year, you know, which is going to be the crown jewel of his most likely Heisman win. Yeah, exactly. All right, so before we jump to the NFL, any final thoughts on the other New Year's Six games that got thrown out there? I think I don't know if there's anybody I really would think got snubbed, especially with Cincinnati getting into the playoff. They didn't need to bring in another group of five team. Are there any games you think were mismatched, or any other thoughts about the? I'm sorry, I just want to make sure I heard you correctly. About like the past this past weekend, is that what you said? Well, yes, but I meant about the New Year's Six Bowls that got that got announced oh, out of four oh. games. Yeah. 
Um, well, I, I did. Before we get there, I'm, I'm sorry because I I, for, I wanted to touch on like just just you, you made a good comment about the Big Twelve. By the way, sure. How exciting is that? Is that league? Is that conference going to be though moving forward? They lose Texas and Oklahoma, but they've got an exciting Oklahoma State and Baylor programs, both kind of in different places with coaches, but like really really up and coming programs. You've got Sonny Dykes at TCU. Texas Tech has done a, a little bit to kind of up their ante. Plus, you're going to bring in Cincinnati, BYU, which loses independent status and heads to the Big 12, which, who was the top 10 team this year. Fantastic, super entertaining to watch. You've got Houston coming over. That league, it may not have a lot of blue bloods, but boy, is it going to be a fun conference to watch. Um, and, and then finally, the Pac-12, I think they kind of won, even though Oregon lost they're having a really good end of the year. Lincoln Riley heading to their blue blood USC. Oregon's going to be a little bit all over the map now because they lose Cristobal to Miami. Yep. But Utah looks really good. I mean, uh, you know, and they had that game. It was a Friday night by itself, which I thought was nice, even though it was a blowout. They had it in Las Vegas, which is going to be a great place for fans to travel. So the, the Pac-12 did what we thought they'd do and didn't have a playoff team. But I think their future looks better um better than it has with some new blood as well uh, across the board but the usc lincoln riley factor is going to be huge too yeah so just a lot of positives i thought i'd throw it out there yeah no i totally agree it's uh it's gonna be great they you know obviously they got two teams in oklahoma state stuck in for the new year's six baylor deservingly as the champion is in there yeah looking at these games um i don't know i don't know if there's a team that didn't deserve to get into one of these games that is in here notably Oregon knocked out of it and they really fell down to the rankings after losing to Utah, but Utah deservingly being in there. I think this is going to be really fun. Ole Miss who was kind of sneakily around in the conversation, getting to play Baylor is going to be really fun in the sugar bowl. Getting to see Michigan state still hanging in there after, you know, they had a de- you know decent year and, and all that good stuff. Them playing Pitt just seems like a classic game two old rust belt schools playing each other in the peach bowl to kick things off it's gonna be fun and we'll we'll definitely preview them as we get closer to those the rest of bowl season we'll talk about next week but matt let's yeah, jump in but you're more. right but you're right like a lot of a, a, a lot of really fun matchups yes right i know we're gonna get into but you you hit them i'm right right you know ohio state utah old miss baylor um notre dame you know, Oklahoma State's got a lot going on. This is all January 1st here. Yep. Um, even Penn State, Arkansas catches my attention, right? Two teams, Arkansas top 10, Penn State top 10, kind of had a rough end of the season for many reasons. You know, this is an opportunity for both of them to kind of set the stage for next year. Um, you know, and then and then one of the other games that I'm really excited to watch, if I can tune in on December 31st in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Wake Forest, Texas A&M, which yeah, that's gonna be a good one. also – Wait, Wake Forest keeps their head coach. Texas A&M obviously on the rise. Kind of a good measuring point for Wake Forest as we see if they can continue. But anyway, I uh, I digress. A lot of great games, though, and you mentioned a couple as well. So, okay. yeah. But let's we'll jump- get into that, though. Yeah, let's go to the NFL. Let's go for it. Yeah, let's jump into the NFL. I'm holding you up long enough. <laughs> it's all good. We Last week in the NFL, we tied both three and two. I got my college pick wrong. I had Georgia. You had Michigan. You definitely got that right. So you end up winning the week 
four and two. I went three and three. So we now come in to a week 14 with, I know it's because of the 18 game schedule, but it's nuts that there are still teams on buys, including our Eagles. And we come in with some interesting games. The league is still completely jumbled with the Washington football team taking down the Raiders. The Eagles obviously bouncing back and beating the Jets pretty handedly. We have a number of teams in the AFC, the Steelers, really winning a gutsy game against the Ravens. Now everything's out there. And I think this week, we keep thinking it's going to be moving week and what and whatnot and, and where everything could be. But this we could still not have a clearer picture by the end of this weekend. Yeah, I mean, this is the coolest part. We we I mean this this seventh seventh wild card is just it's wild. <laughs> oh yeah, every team, almost every team, seems to be in it. Um, you know, at your point, right when you think a team is going to get knocked out, they win a game. Um, you know, a lot of teams still control their own destiny. You know, it makes it. The NFL does a great job of keeping your fandom for the most part in it. Right? There's a few we know. You know, there's probably four or five in each conference now that definitely know they won't be in the Lions, the the Bears. Um, you know, uh, there's only one officially uh, eliminated team though, and that is the Houston that's the Texans. Jets. No, the oh, Jets the Texans. Still the Jets. Alive. Okay. The Jets and Jaguars right. are still alive technically. They need a lot to go down, Obviously. but the Texans okay. are eliminated. The okay. Jaguars could have been, but I think somebody lost that would have knocked them out if they had won. There are elimination scenarios okay. this week, mainly yeah. the Jets and the Jaguars. The if the Jags and the Jets, if one of them loses, they're they're out, uh, or a number of different combinations of wins. We have our first set of playoff clinching scenarios, and that would be the Arizona Cardinals, the Green Bay Packers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but a lot of stuff has to happen. The Lions would be eliminated if they lose. So we're starting to get a little more clarity, but not a ton. And what needs to happen for Arizona to, to clinch a playoff spot if they win, if the or a number, number of other things happen if and some teams lose, if the Packers beat the Bears on Sunday Night Football and the Vikings lose, they win the NFC North. And if they win and the Saints and 49ers lose, then they just get a playoff berth. The Bucks need to win Carolina and New Orleans to lose. They win the division. And mentioned Detroit's out if they lose or even more simply if the 49ers win. So let's jump into this. This week has a lot of really interesting scenarios. Some big lines, some really close lines, some teams desperately in need of wins. Matt, it starts with you. I went first last week, so you get one pick. I get two. For those that are new to this, we do a snake draft style. Normally we have a guest, but because of how hectic our lives have been the last couple weeks, just me and Matt. So I'm going to have two picks. We go snake style. We cannot pick the same game, but we can go against each other. So Matt, without further ado, I kick it to you. What is your leadoff pick? Yeah, I'm actually going to start off with uh, a slight favorite in the in the in the primetime 4:25 slot. That is the Buffalo Bills traveling south to visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bills come off a uh, <laughs> crazy, crazy loss to the Patriots. Everybody got to see it. Uh, uh, what I why I'm picking the Bucks to cover. Obviously, they're they're they've got Tom Brady who is in the MVP conversation. 
They've got an incredible offense, a defense that is starting to rise, just like they did last year. Note the Chiefs and the Buccaneers defenses are both getting better later in the season. It's pretty much what we thought was going to happen. Well, many people didn't, but I, I knew it would, it would come around. Anyway, I digress. But the reason I'm picking the Buccaneers is not the Buccaneers. It's actually the Bills. Really did not like the Bills' reaction to their loss to the Patriots. Um, Doug, uh, Coach McDermott threw some shade at his offensive coordinator, Brian Dabble. Um, and then, and then the, there are two excellent all pro level safeties, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poirier got very upset at the press conference due to a pretty fair question. And whether they liked the question or not, it wasn't that they, they didn't want to answer it. It's how they answered. There was, we're going to remember this. There were some word choices that I didn't really appreciate. What I'm saying is this locker room, suddenly this team seems to be a little bit shattered. Classic Bill Belichick. Um, I don't really like their, their vibe right now. Um, I think they go down and the worst thing you can do is have a bad vibe on a team and go play, go play um, the best greatest quarterback of all time at home. So um, I like the Buccaneers to cover in this one. And I think this Bills team really needs to figure this is going to be a, a come to come to Jesus moment for the Bills over the next couple of weeks, because, you know, they thought they had snapped their, their Patriots bug and, and they don't. And see, they seem to be up, up in arms about it. Um, and the final point I'll make about the Bills, because they've been a favorite for a lot of people, they cannot run the football. No. They are so dependent, so dependent on Josh Allen to do everything for them. They have zero running game, and that is a tough thing to do, especially when you really only have one great weapon in Stephon Diggs, right? You look at the Chiefs, who have struggled offensively too, by the way, but the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey – Clyde Edwards Hillard, they've got some talent outside of just Patrick Mahomes. You can't really just still yeah. key in on one guy. Anyway, I think the Bills have some 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 soul searching to do, and I don't think they find it this week in Tampa Bay. No, I think that's probably the right call. I was I still am fairly high on the Bills, but they do need to figure out their running game, their passing game. I know the weather was wacky in Buffalo, but last couple of weeks it's been almost non existent and it's been suspect at best. But the defense, uh, something that they've built for the last few years, even before Josh Allen really came into the scene, not that good recently. And I don't know, I just feel like the way that the Bucks are rolling with Leonard Fournette looking really great, Gronk just being Brady's favorite target left and right, it just seems like they're vibing in the right way and the Bills aren't. So I, I like that pick a lot. comes to me for two. My first pick, I'm taking a dog. Did not take a dog last week, Matt. But I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Bengals coming off a demoralizing loss against the Chargers where you got that pick right last week. I bet on it and did very well with it. But I didn't think it was going to be this big of a blowout. Chargers got up big late. The Bengals made a charge back, but then the Chargers pulled away at the end. The reason why I'm going with them, and the 49ers have played some good football recently. They scored more than 20 points in four straight games. Lost to the Seattle Seahawks last week, a game that I don't think either of us thought was going to happen. But there's a couple things here with the Bengals that I like. And with a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, I think that Joe Burrow, who does utilize a number of different targets that he has, whether that's Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, I feel like they have enough different ways to take advantage of this team that is not very good 
at they're good at defending the pass. So Joe Mixon's probably going to be really keyed in on, and we'll have to see how Joe Burrow responds to that. But they're kind of so-so against the run. Whereas on the flip side, both the 49ers rush attack and the Bengals rush defense are very good. So I feel like this is going to be a game where it comes down to Joe Mixon. And it's really a game I think the Bengals have to win. Where now there's still a game behind the Ravens after they, the Ravens lost to the Steelers. But the Steelers ran on the Bengals trail. And I don't know, this is, this is a game where I feel like they can really gain some ground here really cement themselves in that playoff chase that they're in right now. They're tied for that all the wild card spots. They're all seven and five with the Colts at seven and six and the Steelers at six, five and one. You really need to figure some things out here. So this is a game that I think they got to win. And I think they know that and the Bengals take advantage. So I'm going to take them plus one and a half at home hosting the 49ers. I, uh, I know you got your second pick coming up here. Um, it's a great game. Both teams desperately needed. The 49ers dropped, you know, I mean, a, a horrible game to the to the floundering Seattle Seahawks. And to your point, the Bengals kind of fumbled it away against a really good Chargers team. But still, uh, yeah, it's a great matchup, man. A lot of fantasy going on in this one. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. yeah, so we come to me for my second game. And I don't know if there's a homer pick because they're ahead of the Eagles. The Washington football team hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys only a four-point favorite here. Bengals in second place in the NFC East. Or not the Bengals. The, I'm still on my last pick. The f- football team still in second place in the NFC East. They're in a playoff spot right now. They're technically the sixth seed with the 49ers as the seventh seed and the Eagles as the eighth seed, so not in the playoffs. I'm really not trying to do this to be an Eagles homer with them on a bye week this week. But the Dallas Cowboys offense on an extra – rest you know the pseudo buy being on thursday night football still think it's bullshit that they get the thursday night football game after thanksgiving every fucking week but the the cowboys offense i know they've dropped a few games here and there really good chiefs defense or chiefs defense that's become really good really stifled them a couple weeks ago they lose that wild vegas game on thanksgiving they seem to find form last week on thursday night football against the saints and the football team their defense has been better at times but Let's look at who they've played in the last three weeks in this four-game win streak. Granted, the first win was against the Bucks, but these last three weeks, they beat Carolina, who's been all over the board. They beat the Seattle Seahawks, who you just said it. They're floundering. Then they beat a Vegas team that I think has finally had their come-to-Jesus moment. I was dead wrong on that game. I just don't think with how good the, the Cowboys defense, which I didn't even mention, has been playing recently and slowing down teams that try to use... I don't know, the, the, the Taysom Hill experience against it, just really, it didn't get going, and I feel like Taylor Heineke is, you know, he's more of a traditional quarterback, but he likes to try to do the Taysom Hill run around, and obviously not as much of a Swiss Army knife. You know, maybe you can say something about, about Gibson or McLaurin being able to slow it down, but you got guys like Diggs who are really good and can probably slow down that pass attack from, from Taylor Heineke, and I think the Cowboys cover this on the road. I, 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 it's hard for me to ever root for the Cowboys. Obviously, it helps the Eagles, but I do think you're right. I mean, I mean, as, as high as the Washington football team has been flying, there's a reason they had struggled early. I think that will start to rear its head again at some point here. Um, and this is a good game to do it against the Cowboys team that, while we've seen them maybe stumble a couple times, they're still just loaded offensively and have, yeah. have a really good defense. So, I, uh, yeah, no, I certainly like that one. Um, you know, I'll jump to – man – 
some really good games there. I'm trying to think of, of how I want to set this up so I can beat you this week and, and make sure of it, of course, <laughs> too. Um, <laughs> okay, now as we get to that part of the year, too, where there's just some big freaking lines. Like, come on. Yeah. All right, I'll go this way. I'm going to pick – I'm going to actually pick a game that I think is going to be closer than people think it will be. I already mentioned this team once. The Raiders go ahead and visit the Kansas City Chiefs. Very hard to win an arrowhead, especially in December. Um, nine, The line is nine and a half for Kansas City. I'm actually going to pick the Raiders not to win but to cover this game. Uh, it's a divisional matchup. I know it's on the road. Raiders still have a playoff chance. The big reason why is the Kansas City defense absolutely stepped is stepping up. Um, the Kansas City offense still certainly hasn't found their footing. Raiders defense is not exactly fantastic, um, but we still haven't seen Kansas City have immense success like we've expected them offensively, and I think it's hard to do that against a divisional opponent that sees you twice a year. These guys are used to each other. So I like the Raiders to cover in this one. I think it's I think the Chiefs win. Uh, maybe it's a late cover, but I do think the Raiders stay closer than nine and a half. Yeah, it's interesting, right, where the Chiefs' offense has been hit or miss at times, and that's weird to say about how good Mahomes has been over the last few years. I would say this, that the Raiders' offense has been struggling in the last couple weeks, and part of that has to do with the fact that Darren Waller's been hurt. I think that was a big missed opportunity on my part of thinking that their backup tight end would have a big game because Derek Carr likes to throw to tight ends. Having said that, I think you're right that the Kansas City defense – I don't know, maybe they come into it with a little bit of a lull. This is a game I'm going to stay away from just because of how big the line is, and it is a divisional game. So I don't blame you for going to a divisional matchup and thinking that it's going to be close. Because we see it all the time, right? And, you know, that's just how the NFL works. All right, so it's back to me. And, you know what, Matt? I am going to go with a big line, and it is a divisional game. But the last time these two teams met, the quarterback, very aggressively told his opponents, home fans, I own you. Now the Green Bay Packers host the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football. Somehow, somehow, this game did not get flexed out of Sunday Night Football. (laughs) I don't know why that didn't happen with some of the games that are on this slate that they could have figured out. But Aaron Rodgers coming off a bye. Aaron Jones going to be a little more healthy with a week of rest it's 12 and a half points but I really don't see the Bears getting a lot of offense going I know David Montgomery's had a good couple weeks where he's really coming back into form really being that lead rusher that they have I know the Bears defense has played better let's you know let's be honest here that they've played better but the Packers defense is better the Bears defense despite being a top 10 in terms of yards against and in terms of sacks are 22nd in the league in terms of points against per game and are 30th in the league in points for. The Packers are 5th in the league in points against. I don't know how the Bears are going to score a lot of points against this team. Their passing game is terrible. Allen Robinson is practicing. I don't know if he's actually going to play or not. It's still a question. I just really don't see the Bears scoring a lot here. This could be an ugly game, or it could be Aaron Rodgers just completely adding his stake of ownership and just chipping away at the Hallis family's ownership of the bears. I'm taking the Packers to cover here. I know I just said about your pick that I can't blame you for thinking a a divisional game is going to be close, but the bears are in shambles. And I think a lot more 
than their record shows. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, and, and the harder thing here too is that this is on a Sunday night. So, you know, the Packers want to show, Hey, forget about the Cardinals, forget about all these other teams, the Bucks. we are the best team. I mean, they, they, my book, they are right now the best team. They just, yeah. they just are winning in so many different ways. Um, but yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know, but back to you, your third pick, what do you got? I'm looking at a couple games, I'm trying to bring myself to, to pick them. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's go Monday night. This is a fantastic Monday night match. This is going to be a really fun game. Happy. I'm excited for this. It's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be the Los Angeles Rams heading over to play the Arizona Cardinals. It's a, a two-and-a-half-point line, Cardinals at home. This is a statement game for both teams in my mind because the Cardinals are getting a little disrespect for having the league's best record. They're not even really being talked about as Super Bowl contenders almost. Right, we're not hearing as much. Obviously, part of that's because you have had Kyler Murray out of the lineup. You've had DeAndre Hopkins out of the lineup. JJ Watkins hurt, um, but they're continuing to win. The Rams, on the other hand, really good showing, albeit against not great opponent last week. Um, but I got to tell you, I, I got a feeling, and maybe I don't believe in the Cardinals. I have a feeling the Rams take this one. So I'm actually going to pick the Rams to win on Monday night against the uh, against the Arizona Cardinals and kind of put themselves back in that conversation for Super Bowl contender. This is a make or break year from another week of Odell Beckham. I know he's a little dinged, but of him being back in the equation. So um, I'm, I'm pulling. I, I think the Rams take this one. No, I like that pick a lot. I think, yeah, it was against the Jaguars, but a statement game for the Rams, for Matthew Stafford. You know, they put up 28 against the Packers, a defense we just talked about. It's really good, a really good team a couple weeks ago. They lost to the 49ers, had a really shitty offensive showing, a really bad one, albeit they scored more points against Tennessee, but they played worse than they did in their loss to the 49ers. So they need to really show that this hype is there. I feel like their defense, for all the guys they've added, is due to take off, and I know that's crazy to say because you know, they're third in the league in sacks, ninth in interceptions, but they still end up letting up these points. They take dumb penalties. It just seems like they're a little out of sync. And I think in a divisional game on Monday night where they need to show that they're this team that we all thought they were going to be, I think they show up. And this is another one where they're, they're eight and four and need to really make a statement and show up and, and get into the get into the mix here where they right now it's basically if they don't catch them, they almost can lock in the five spot and play right now would be the Cowboys, but they, I think want to try to get home field for at least one round. And this is a perfect opportunity to do it. Obviously this is the team ahead of them, but I just think it's something where the Rams are such an interesting team. Cause they have Daryl Henderson, a guy who's had a decent season, but where he's being used in such a weird way, and we've seen it in so many of these different games, of with Jared Goff, they use so many more play-action type of plays, and now they're just running it straight more where they either hand Henderson the ball or they throw it, and whether it's a swing pass to Henderson or they use Cooper Cup, Stafford's favorite target. They've used Odell here and there. He's been he's banged up, but he finally got a touchdown two weeks ago. We uh, didn't talk about that. But we're going to have to see how this team does, and... 
I like that pick a lot. I might just bet the over and have fun on Monday night, watch that game. But this is going to be a really fun one. It's a good way to close out the week. And just as a quick aside, good on ESPN that they somehow got back in the NFL's good graces of not having these shitty December Monday night football games where last year we had the Joe Burrowless Bengals, who did win, but playing the Steelers and like all this terrible games they've had forever. So good on them for whatever they said to the NFL they're going to do. Maybe it was Peyton Manning saying, I'm going to go on ESPN. That's a bad impression. And, you know, we have to have good games for me. And the Manning family just continuing to be the shadow commissioners to Goodell. But I don't know. Good for ESPN. (laughs) So back to me. Yeah, I agree. Back to me. And I'm going with another big spread here. The New York Giants, who struggled last week to score any points, granted – they were very depleted against the Miami Dolphins. Mike Lennon! Mike, Mike Lennon! Lennon. <laughs> but this week we're talking about Jake Fromm potentially starting for the New York Giants. And I don't know, that offense, it just isn't getting it going. And you can key in on Saquon. This is a Chargers team that went to a Bengals team last week and really shut him down. A team that is not very good against the rush and slowed Joe Mixon down enough to really get off into a track meet it's a 10 point spread and i think that's just out of respect in the nfl although the bears packers is 12 and a half i think this game is at least two touchdowns i think the chargers completely obliterate the giants in this one yeah i i was looking at this one if it wasn't for the size of the line i probably would have jumped right on it um the chargers you know they obviously they need it it's an away game what's well, never it's never a home game for the chargers but the giants travel across the country with you know, to your point, a super depleted team. I still can't believe the Eagles lost them. So I think that's a I think that's a smart pick. Well, we really we've touched on a lot of four o'clock games. I tell yeah. you. Well, it's We're it's interesting, right? Yeah. Like trying to throw on red zone this weekend. There's one game we haven't talked about yet that's probably gonna be, along with the Chiefs game, probably gonna be really shown on red zone. And it's probably or and probably the football team versus the Cowboys, because the Cowboys are probably gonna put up a ton of points. At least I hope they do. But like you have Jags, Tennessee, New Orleans and the Jets. I know we might pick those, but those games could be complete snoozers. And I don't know. The one o'clock slate is, is interesting. And maybe you're going to pick the game that I am alluding to of the three that might be in the rotation next. But yeah, the, the four o'clock slate's pretty good. Yeah. Well, uh, you're going to get mad because I am, I am going to take that game. It's the Ravens visiting the Cleveland Browns. Yep. The Ravens drop a game which really hurt them. I I, I I love that they went for it. I probably would have done the same thing. Oh, yeah. You've got Lamar Jackson. How can you not get two yards? Uh, irrelevant to the conversation is that the Ravens are one of the most injured teams in football. Correct. They, they lost Marcus Peters to start the year. Now they are down Marlon Humphreys. Arguably, they're better of their two super corners. Um, we, we've talked about their literally their lack of a running back stable. Devonta Freeman's done an admirable job, but uh, and as much as we love Lamar and Mark Andrews continues to be a stud for them at the tight end position, the the wide receivers have been very hit or miss. This is a Cleveland team coming off of a bye. They're a little healthier and they're at home. It's a it's getting close to a must win. No, it's, for at, Cleveland. it's in Cleveland, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying no, no. That's oh. what I'm saying. It, it's at home. It's in Cleveland. It's a must win here. Cleveland's defense is Cleveland's defense is very good. They have they've great out. They got great edge rushers. Uh, we have you know Miles Garrett, Davian Clyde, maybe not 
great as, as I think his name is probably bigger than who he is, but still a good player, good linebackers, good safeties, good corners, and a Cleveland offense that will be healthier. And due to the injuries on the defensive side of the ball, can move the ball against a, a well-coached but undermanned uh, Ravens defense. I like Cleveland to win this game in in the dog pound and kind of get their season back on track. Um, healthier Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, I think will both be there. Super running backs. They're coming off a bye, too. A that, that obviously helps. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So that that's kind of where I'm sitting with that. Yep. So one note, last year – the Baltimore Ravens visited the Cleveland Browns in week 14 on Monday night football. And the Browns had the Ravens by the throat. They were really choking him out. Lamar Jackson had to leave the game. We saw the poop run and he brought it back. I think Cleveland wants to show their fans some, some good, some good stuff there, but more actual football analysis. The injuries are tough to, to overlook in this game where, I don't know. Mark Andrews got really involved last week, and I think that's something they could key in on. But you just mentioned that their front seven of, of the Browns is pretty good, and and I think can do a lot of can do a lot to slow this down. And I don't know the rush attack just isn't there. I know they're really injured there too. But if that's all you're going to really look at, that's concerning. And I think Baker being healthier and having that throwing arm be better is good because the Ravens defense really cannot stop the, the pass for shit. They can stop the run really well, although the the dynamic Cleveland backfield is very good. I like that pick a lot, and I think Cleveland's defense steps up to the plate here, wanting to get the monkey off their back against the Ravens. They lost a couple weeks ago. It was actually the, the Browns' last game. <laughs> they, go, they go Ravens by Ravens, and I think they want some revenge here, so I like that pick a lot. Comes back to me, though. And, uh, do I go with what's probably going to be a snoozer, but is a close line and divisional game? Or do I go with some more of these 1 o'clock games that we were talking about? Or do I go to Thursday Night Football? I'm going to spoil it now. I'm not going to Thursday Night Football. Because the Steelers, while having a great win have been all over the board, and I hate the Vikings. Viking lost to the Lions. We didn't mention it. The Lions won a game. I am going to go to the NFC South. Close spectacle. The Carolina Panthers hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Sunday at 1. This could be the sneaky fourth game on Red Zone that we get some interesting action out of. We see some maybe dynamic offense here and there. The Falcons are road dogs and... I don't know, maybe they're thinking Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, excuse me, has a good game. The Panthers' defense has been pretty solid, but they've been real Jekyll and Hyde. I'm going to go with the Falcons in this game because I think Matt Ryan really wants to show that he's still got something in the tank. He showed some guts against the, the Buccaneers last week. I know they lost. They almost got doubled up. But I think Cordell Patterson, Mike Davis, the former Panther in their backfield as well, I think that combo along with, I think the key difference maker in this game is probably Kyle Pitts, who might make the difference in terms of just where Matt Ryan can blow up here. I think that makes a huge difference. I know both teams are banged up. Obviously, the Lions having some serious issues in terms of quarterbacks. Christian McCaffrey's out for the rest of the season. 
but I'm going to lean towards the, the Falcons here and say they get it done on the road. I've looked at that game for a little bit. Obviously, um, you know, a couple issues, issues that you run into, right? One being um, uh, Joe Brady fired as the uh, Panthers head uh, offensive coordinator, which is pretty fascinating to me. Um, but, I, yeah, I think it's a good pick. I mean, the Falcons have kind of hung around as a, as a fringe playoff contender, even though they've played some horrendous football. They're also, um, when they have these seasons, so, they haven't given up, to your point, but, like, they also end up having crazy Decembers over the last few years and these, like, Dan Quinn end-of-the-season years where – we joked like they saved Dan Quinn's job like three years in a row until he finally got fired. So I don't know. I, I feel like it's close. Back to Joe Brady, though. Do you think he gets another job in the NFL? Do you think he goes back to college? Do you think or where do you think he ends up? I, I, I would consider if I was him, I probably would go back to college. But if I was another franchise in the NFL, you liked enough what he did at LSU. I, I might consider it um, just to see. I might I might I might give him a shot. That should be pretty but interesting. But I, I think he, I, I think he, I think he should go back to college. Yeah, I, I would, I would say, and that. May, maybe take on, may, maybe take, yeah, maybe take a head coaching role. I don't know. Yeah. But your final NFL pick, Matt, and then we'll break down these other snooze games. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take, I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints yeah. to win and cover at the Jets. Um, I'm shocked it's only a five point line. The Saints have dropped two straight to the Eagles and uh, Cowboys. Is, that my, is my memory correct, or did they yeah. win? Did they win this past week too? Uh, no, no. The, I think no. The Saints lost no, to the Cowboys no, last I'm week. No, I'm right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they so they're coming, coming off, off a little bit of rest. That's what screwed my memory up. Right, a little bit of rest, but they've also they've also come off with two straight losses. Um, they lost to the Bills on, thir- on or, Thanksgiving. Yeah, three straight losses. Eagles, five, Eagles, Bills. Five straight losses for New Orleans. Five, Five straight losses. That's even worse than I thought. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm really talking myself into this pig even more. Um, Taysom Hill will not play that bad again, even if he starts four interceptions, especially not against the Jets team that we just watched. Alvin Kamara working his way back. If he's back, it's a huge plus for them. But more importantly, we saw the Eagles defense eventually clamp down on Zach Wilson and the Jets. It's it's just man to man a better Saints defense deeper in my mind than the Eagles. I like where the Eagles defense is heading. Saints are a good defense even though they've been a little embarrassed recently playing some good teams. I like the saints to clamp down even on the road. The jets suck. This is an easy pick for me. They cover the five point spread, especially if Alvin Kamara's back, but I do think Taysom Hill could do enough against the bad jets defense. It's a tough, it's a tough matchup for the jets. And so I like the saints here. Yeah. I think there's a couple things too, to note Corey Davis, not playing. He had a big week against the Eagles and really the jets, they played well in special teams. I mean, they had the great kick return to start the game really got their offense going the right way. I think, too, and we didn't talk about the Eagles at all, but I think their defense, I don't know, I think they were still asleep and thought, oh, we can get right really easily against the Jets and kind of let them stay in. Four touchdowns and four drives between the two teams where the Jets, I don't know, they, they weren't really getting it done. Elijah Moore, is he? he's on the COVID list or is he hurt? But he's not supposed to play this weekend. Another guy that had a pretty good week last week against the Eagles. Their rush attack, though, Tevin Coleman did decent. Ty Johnson stunk, and I just don't think they can really have the the capacity to keep and keep pace with the Saints team. So I like that pick a lot. I honestly, that the Saints defense might put up a shutout. I don't really see how 
they get it done. I know it's in New York. It's not like they're in the dome. Otherwise, I'd feel a lot more confident saying that. But it is a it's a wonky game. It's a wonky line. Five points on the road is kind of crazy. But I agree with you. The Jets stink, and I think at some point, you know, Robert Salah. I love the the energy he had with the Eagles, where they did get screwed by some bad calls from the refs. The Eagles got a lot of breaks last week. Look at us praising the refs. But I just think at some point they got to, you know, cut their losses on the season and finally just say enough is enough. But, you know, good on them that Zach Wilson seems like he's starting to put the pieces together to get a little better, but with no offensive weapons around him, I just don't see it getting it done. Yeah, yeah. We're done, right? Is that all 10? That's all 10. And the only college game this weekend is Army-Navy. So if we want to pick a side, we can do that, but we don't have to. Let's look at I'm the other Navy games. Man. What was that? I'm an Navy man. Army's I'm an Army man. All right. So you can probably All right. That. We'll just do that. Let's take it. Boom, boom, boom. There we go. All right. Okay. So the rest of the games. I mentioned Thursday Night Football. We'll start there. This game, you know, we'll obviously be out getting ready for the wedding tomorrow night. We're recording this Wednesday. I... I'm not interested in this game. <laughs> I am not a big fan of the Vikings. I think they got exposed, finally showing some signs of slowing down. Alvin, uh, not Alvin Kamara. I'm still on the Saints here. Dalvin Cook was banged up. He, you know, let's see how he does against the Steelers defense that's been better at stopping the run. We saw what they did last week against the Steelers, but the Steelers, they had a gutsy win. They probably should have put up more points. Deontay Johnson in the first half dropping a ball that he really should have caught. It was right in his hands. He was diving for it. I get that, but he should have caught that. And maybe the the Steelers make that less of a close game in the in that Baltimore win. But really, they need to figure out some things here. The Vikings defense is really beat up, and maybe this is the game that we finally see Najee Harris blow up. But I don't know. I'm I'm not particularly excited for this Thursday night football game. Yeah, I mean, you know. Both teams, you're thinking. I mean, you're thinking the Vikings would be six and six. Does it really matter? Um, they're scuffling their feet, right? Defense is kind of punchless in a little, in, in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, offense. I mean, the coverage on the play they lost to the Lions too was atrocious. Oh, oh, it's just like it was tough to watch. Yeah. So. I mean, good yeah. for the Eagles because now they're ahead of them, but you know. Right. Yeah. That was tough. No, I mean, I'm with you. That was, uh, that was, that was a really that was such bad. Coverage. Yeah, it was terrible. The last anyway, two games, yeah. Jacksonville, Tennessee, normally a Thursday night football toilet bowl game, Tennessee, eight and a half point favorite Jacksonville. At this point, they look like they're checked out. This game is, I think we're going to forget about it. We're going to look on the scoreboard going into Sunday night football and see, Oh, Tennessee won. Great. I really don't see a lot of the Jaguars left in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like I do like the Steelers even on the road. Um, Big Ben, they're kind of playing a little inspired football for him. That defense is still really good. T.J. Yeah. Watt and crew, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson looks a little bit better. You know, Juju may may show up one day, may not. I don't know. Pat Pat Fryermuth, the, uh, the the uh, young rookie tight end looks fantastic. Or second year either way, tight end Fairmuth? looks fantastic. Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Um, Fairmuth, yeah, or yeah. Fryer. No, I think it's Fryermuth. Fryermuth. Well, that's my brother. He's a Penn Stater. Yeah. Classic. Um, I think the next game we didn't talk about player name. Yeah. Um, a game that probably should be a blowout. It is a divisional game, but Titans going to the Jags. Um, sorry, Jaguars going to the Titans. Jaguars not looking much better. Obviously, super undermanned still offensively in a lot of different ways, not helping Trevor Lawrence. Jabe Robinson might be back, but Titans definitely in need of a win here. Um, they've kind of fallen back off the pack a little bit. I mean, they're still right there, 
but the the energy around them is a little less. Injuries have taken their toll. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones might be back, but not A.J. Brown. He's out. He's done. Derrick Henry's still out. They could really use a win here against the bad Jags team to kind of right the ship. I don't know. Any thoughts on this one? Kind of a kind of a, a game we probably won't see a lot on Red Zone. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that before. It's going to be one we just tune into and see on Sunday Night Football. They won. They're the, leading their division right now because the Colts are seven and six. So they would it, presumably they win and they'd have a two game lead over the Colts in the NFC or the AFC South. And yeah, I think you're right. I think they need to have some sort of statement with somebody on their offense, but. I think defense, if they clamp down, should get the job done. The Jags are completely uninspired. Jags get eliminated. And the Urban Meyer to whatever program rumors start to swirl more and more. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame him. Um, <laughs> two, there's one more one o'clock we didn't touch on. Another yep. horrible game. Terrible Seahawks, game. Texans. You mentioned Texans out of the playoffs already. Seahawks super scuffling. Almost think they shouldn't even win this game, but they probably will. Just based on pure luck. Um, yeah, boy, um, maybe some fantasy stuff for the Seahawks. I know I've been holding on to DK Metcalf for too long, but I guess I like Seattle, but I don't really, yeah. I mean, Davis Mills playing, he's not, not particularly good. I know he's a rookie, but has, it's not averaging over 200 yards a game, which is pretty bad in the NFL. The rush attack is inspired at times, but not great. Um, yeah, I think this is a Seahawks team that, I think wants to show that they're still trying to get it going and, and keep it going. But I don't know. It's something where you see it. And I, I don't know. I think there's another game. that's not going to be on red zone. I don't really have too much else to say. Should yeah. Seattle win? But then the final game, the now one win Detroit lions versus uh-huh. the Denver Broncos, Denver eight and a half point favorite. I think this is all the makings. It's eight and a half point spread. I almost picked this game thinking this isn't, Almost a letdown game, but Detroit, one of the best teams in the NFL in covering. That's why I stayed away. But, yeah, I don't, you know, Jared Goff had a really good game against the Vikings. The defense, again, just really did not hold him up. TJ Hawkinson's had a couple really good weeks in a row, and I think that's intriguing to see against this pretty good Denver defense, but at times has been suspect. You know, their game against the Eagles was uncharacteristic for them. I really want to see a good game out of Teddy Bridgewater, I think, from this game and see how he does with Cortland Sutton, with their, with really a, a few really good Broncos wide receivers, Jerry Judy, a number of different other guys, and see what they can do. I know their offensive line's banged up, but I just don't see the Lions building off of a win there. I think that was more for the state of Michigan. They did it for Tate Meyer with everything he did with the unfortunate his unfortunate passing and you know, that was an emotional win. I feel like there's a letdown coming. Yeah, it's kind of a fun – I kind of like would like to watch it because the Lions are so no-name outside of like Stafford and Swift. And the Broncos have all these fun receivers who'd be any good if they had a quarterback. Exactly. Um, Judy and Sutton and Patrick and, you know, and, and, and Javante Williams in the backfield. So there's like some fun players in this game. It's kind of – yeah. Um, so I probably want to see a little bit of it, but yeah. So they got some sense. inspired games and their defenses stepped up when they needed to, but yeah, you know, a couple uncharacteristic moments last week, they played the chiefs chiefs just knew how to get, get it done on Sunday night football. So yeah, it, it might be one that's interesting to watch kind of almost a sneaky over at 42 and a half, uh, because of the, there's some guys that have had good weeks recently, fantasy wise that you, you hope at least, on a fantasy standpoint, can get some touchdowns. So the over might be in play. 
Yeah, absolutely. But that's it for the slate. Um, yeah. 14. I don't know if we're going to get much more clarity in terms of the playoffs. But then we're done with buys, which is crazy to think in week 14 that we still have buys, but 18-week season. And then it's the, the home stretch from there, and it's crazy to say that with how late the season's going to go with it going two weeks into January. But it's going to be interesting to see, starting with tomorrow night's game, if the Vikings lose, it, it provides a little more clarity, especially if the Giants and Bears also lose. Then we get a little bit of separation from those in the hunt to those that are still technically alive and those that are eliminated. But I don't know. It should be a fun week of football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I know I don't, I don't want to, we won't stick here too long, but uh, I will just discuss, you know, you know, good birds victory this past oh, yeah. Sunday for us, for the, for the homers in the podcast, for those that are just interested. Um, you know, my, my quick thoughts, um, good resilience in my mind. Um, you know, good, good resilience in my mind against, uh, you know, to go down early, the, the kick return to start the game by Braxton Barrios for the Jets, the, you know, look, you know, looks like, oh, my God, the defense can't stop anybody. We've got a backup quarterback in. What's going to happen? Um, great job by the Eagles to kind of reset and, and just keep working at it against a team that they knew wasn't as talented as them. Um, I thought the defense turned it around slowly. They had some moments, um, but they did turn it around eventually, which was nice to see. Uh, and then I thought offensively, Look, I don't think there's a quarterback controversy, so no. I'll start there, and I'll let you get. I want I want you to get your thoughts in here too. One of the reasons I say that is because Minshew to me is a really good high end backup QB. Yeah. Um, I I don't think he has a super strong arm, uh, but he can make all the he can make a lot of good throws. He makes good reads. This is a really bad Jets defense too. So let's be clear here. He's not playing the cream of the crop. I, I liked what he did. He is a guy that I would want to have start, spot start a game for me. But I do think we need to continue with Jalen Hurts. But I was really happy to see his performance. I think Jalen was on the sideline, seemed very engaged, needs to pay attention to, hey, Dallas Goddard is all over the place. You got to get that man the football. I mean, he looks great. He looks like a top five tight end when he's targeted. Throw him the ball. When he's covered, he's open. Um, and then they, they went back to the running game. Uh, I would like to see Boston Scott instead of Kenneth Gainwell, though. I got to be honest. I think Scott's better right now. I know Gamble's only a rookie. I, I don't get why we don't. Boston Scott, whenever he's in the game, he just do good things. So, always confused me. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think definitely not a quarterback controversy. Let's start there. The fucking uh, Keyshawn Johnson getting on whatever outlet he was on. I think it was Get Up. Being like, oh, f- you know, fucking Philly, you know, the quarterback controversy. They love backups because they won the Super Bowl with him. Then he named Kevin Cobb. Who the fuck liked Kevin Cobb? He named other guys too. He yeah, named Michael Vick and all that. Who the fuck liked Kevin Cobb? He was I when he got hurt and like granted he had a really bad ankle injury, but like it was great that Michael Vick came in and had the season that he did in 2010 and all you know, not to relive all the shit that happened there, but there's no quarterback controversy. You very clearly, and there's reports of all this stuff of Howie and Jeffrey Lurie of who likes Jalen Hurts and who doesn't and all this stuff, but you decided to make Carson Wentz expendable. You sent him to Indianapolis, which, by the way, I don't know how many snaps he needs to play, but we're, like, at 74.7 or 8 of the Carson Wentz needs to play 75% of the snaps count for the for the pick to convert to a first-rounder, which is great. But you need to, you need to invest in Jalen Hurts. He 
does well enough on the ground that he gets he gets the job done. And I think you're exactly right with Dallas Goddard. You saw what happened when Minshew targeted him. Dallas Goddard had a huge game. And I think that needs to continue. The quarterback's best friend, especially a young quarterback in the NFL, is his wide receiver. Uh, I was about to make a fantasy point, but nobody gives a shit. It, but regardless, Dallas Goddard needs to be a more integral part of this offense. Get that going. It opens up for Devontae Smith. It opens up for Quez Watkins, who has been somewhat of a sneaky favorite target for both this past week with Minshew and with Jalen Hurts. I think you're right on the Kenneth Gainwell versus Boston Scott thing. I know Boston Scott, he was sick, and I think that's why he didn't get as much usage last week. He ended up coming in in the second half to be the kick returner because Jalen Rager had another terrible week. And maybe that's where we see Boston Scott get used a little more. I would feel like after a bye where he feels better, we're going to see him come in more behind Miles Sanders. So that's really good. Defensively, I think you're right. They knew when to clamp it down. I said it before. I think they came into that thinking, we don't need to come out firing. It's the Jets, and the Jets came out firing and took advantage of that. And I don't know. I think the defense has played, aside from the Giants game, has played decent. Darius Slay has been awesome, I think. You need to see the rest of that secondary play better, especially down the line. I know earlier I was talking about the Washington football team and that I think a good defense can take advantage of that. So prove it when you come back next week against the football team. I know we'll talk about it next week, but you really need to clamp down and show what you can do. And we saw a year ago where Doug Peterson decided to sit Jalen Hurts in the second half, but they were beating the Washington football team, a team that's basically the same construction that they had now and a a Washington football team defense that was playing a lot better than they are in 2021. So we'll see how that game goes. We'll see what happens there. I think Jake Elliott's been awesome. Obviously the November special teams player of the month in the NFC, which is great. And yeah, I mean, right now you just got to do your job. Classic Bill Belichick type of uh, quote there, but do your job, take care of business. And we'll see what they look like coming out of the gates. But I was happy with the win. It was a good second half. They made good adjustments and yeah, we'll see where they go. Yeah, uh, but hey, look, a lot of great football. Very oh, excited yeah. about it and uh, looking forward to another good weekend. Fantasy playoffs going on too, so be ready. Oh, yeah. I need a win this week in our fantasy league to get in. But now that we're on the fantasy topic, the one I was going to make was Bishop Sankey. The Marcus Mariota's first two years in the league was a sneaky tight end because of the fact that the quarterback's tight end is his best friend. But that was five years ago, so that's why I didn't make the point. But I just did, so <laughs> fuck it. Well, yeah, Matt, you're right. It's going to be a great weekend of football. Any other last thoughts before we jump out? I'd say go birds, but one of the best weeks of the year is an Eagles bye week. So I just get to sit back, watch, watch Red Zone, and have a great time. Yeah, that and when the Eagles play on either Monday or Thursday night football. Because, yeah, just watching Red Zone, getting into a Sunday where you don't have to get stressed, you don't have to get worried. It's always great. And then we don't have the Flyers on Sunday night to let us down there, too. Flyers now officially have lost 10 in a row. Got shut out by the New Jersey Devils tonight. So... We'll see where they fucking go. Sixers won, though. They won by four points. So At least one of the two teams that occupies the well is figuring it out. Um, yeah, I, and I will, before I let you sign us off, I will leave you with this. I'm excited for you this weekend, my friend. Your second your second wedding. Your second wedding uh, without ever having a divorce, which is pretty oh, yeah. impressive. To the same <laughs> woman, let me be clear on that, too. I don't like yeah. to say that bad happened. Anyway, I'm um, really excited to celebrate you and all, all the guys will be there. Another one of your... Your classic co-host, Greg, will be in attendance. Greg, it'll be great to see him. Oh, yeah. Um, and looking forward to it. I'm sure there'll be a lot of football talk, uh, oh, yeah. including the fact that some of the tables at the wedding 
are are numbered after famous Eagles, as well as other uh, famous Philadelphia sports figures, but famous Eagles, which we're excited about too. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. I appreciate the uh, the fair tidings. We said you're gonna be there, and it's gonna be fun. But everybody, I I did want to say we got a lot of really nice notes about the 300th episode. So again, thank you all for listening to the show and for passing along the great notes and continue to give us your feedback, what you like, what you don't like, picks you hate. If we shit on your favorite team, we're sorry, but you know, you can shit on the Eagles all you want. We're not. To shit on. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll do it. <laughs> Maddie, thank you as always to listeners. Thank you for listening. We will catch you all next week. And even though they're off fly Eagles fly, baby. <laughs>